0: Hi there again, my name is Preston. I'm the creator and co-producer and soon to be new host of this podcast, Freelance to Founder. Thousands of you tune in every week. Thank you so much. And in my new role as host, I really want to incorporate your voices into the episodes we publish every Thursday. In an upcoming episode, we will be talking all about what it really takes to go from freelancer to agency. Do you have the goal of turning your freelancing into an agency model? If so, what do you find are the biggest hurdles you face as you try to grow? And if not, why not? Have you grown your own agency? What should freelancers aspiring to follow in your path know before they get too far into it? You can add your voice to the show by visiting freelance2founder.com and clicking the little yellow microphone button. You can also leave us a voicemail at 1 706 99 voice, or you can email us at voices at freelance2founder.com. We've also included a handy little link to contact us right in your podcast player show notes for this episode. I can't wait to hear from you and to start the all new Freelance to Founder in January 2020. Now, on to this week's episode of Freelance to Founder.
1: I'm Brandon Hull, and it's time for Freelance to Founder.
2: To get as much traction we wanted to have a lifetime account where now it's just annual it's an annual plan so we launched it it was 600 699 people went livid upset at me they thought how you are greedy you are a thief you are a horrible human being i mean they said all this stuff about me and i'm like Used to getting, oh, thank you for doing that, I really appreciate you doing this for me, and all that, too. you are the most evil, vile person on planet Earth. You should have seen me that first day, my spirit was crushed.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. If this is your first time... Listening to Freelance to Founder, this is the podcast where I talk to entrepreneurs of all kinds, service providers, marketing agency leaders, online course builders, physical product inventors, software developers, all varieties. What makes them unique is that in many cases, they started these pursuits as freelance gigs that ultimately took on a whole new life and scaled far beyond the founder's expectations and definitely bigger than themselves. Today, you're going to hear the story of Adam Prizer, founder of WP Crafter and CartFlows. Adam was enjoying an early retirement in his 30s. No big deal, you know, like all of us, when he started tinkering with showing people, non-developers specifically, non-techies, how they could rapidly build sophisticated websites with WordPress. It all started with one video, a throwaway almost, with a few affiliate links in the description. And when he casually checked on that video's stats numerous days later, what he saw astounded him in terms of views and sales. That turned into the master persuader churning out video after video after video. Five years later, WP Crafter is a 100,000 subscription force on YouTube. Half of this show is dedicated to helping you learn about Adam and what he did to grow that channel. But in this episode, the second half, you'll also hear how his YouTube channel and his awareness of so many WordPress-related products led him to Sujay Powar, founder of Brainstorm Force and the WordPress theme called Astra. They eventually joined forces. It took some time, though, to launch a funnel-making product for WordPress called CartFlows, and it is verifiably on pace for over a million in sales after launching just over six months ago in 2019 incredible. But it almost didn't happen. Launch day was a disaster, as you just heard. But you'll also hear how they recovered and what's in store for the future.
0: restrictions apply.
1: Adam Preiser, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so good to talk to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, come on. We've uh, been Facebook friends, which is uh, internet friends. I guess is that a new term that's coined? Internet friends. Those are people that You've never met in person, but you feel like, you know, <laughs> you've,
1: you've, you've, you've been aware of one another, you're digitally connected, you're friends to an extent, but you don't know each other in depth. Yeah. I guess that's internet friends.
2: But I think we live near each other, like for real, right? Uh, we do. So you're maybe like an hour away, half hour away.
1: We do. And, uh, I was in your neck of the woods just a week or two ago, something like that. You are in Southern California, Chino, Chino
2: Hills. Chino Hills, that's Chino right. Hills,
1: and I'm just down the road in Temecula. So I'm in the sticks uh, from most Southern California's perspective. And you're in, you know, you're near Yorba Linda. So that's just rarefied air as far as us Temeculans are concerned. Well, you're here today to talk about CartFlows and WP Crafter. There are two businesses that I like to say make up the Adam Prizer Enterprise. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about both of them. Um, CartFlows is the newest one. Uh, but WB Crafter really set the, set the, uh, set the stage for cart flows being able to exist. But if we lump them together, what can you tell us about where the business, the Adam Priser business is today, uh, from a revenue standpoint, number of customer standpoint, what can you share about that?
2: Well, uh, it's been a wild ride these past five years of what i've been doing so with wp crafter it's primarily it's a brand but it's primarily revolves around the youtube channel and we the channel hit a hundred thousand subscribers maybe like two or three months ago we're up to like 112 and it's one of those things that uh when you put that consistent effort into something it just takes a life on its own and just grows 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 uh so there's also a connected facebook group community with about seven 17,000 people. We're bringing in about a 1,000 new people a week. It's just growing like crazy. Kind of crazy to to think that people are listening to my videos. Millions of minutes per month, they're listening to me talk uh, and help them with things. Um, Out of that, uh, six months ago, uh, we launched CartFlows, which is a software product. And the software product (laughs) is my first software product. So it's like learning curve, right? But because I've been able to leverage the audience that I've built and the trust that I've built with people with WP Crafter, and I say, here's my new software product, sales have been more than we could have expected. So brand new software, first software product. And in the first year, it will do a million dollars in sales, seven figures, right? It'll go over seven figures. But we haven't even really put all the proper efforts you should, should put into marketing a product properly. And it's like, you know, when I'm looking at the sales numbers and I say, Oh man, this many people bought it today. And this many people bought it yesterday. And I look at the numbers per month. It's almost humbling uh, to, to see how, how's this happening? Where are these people coming from? Uh, But it's just been a wild ride. And we have, Big, big, big plans for that, and I also have some other things that aren't live yet. That are new things that are sprouting off of what uh, what I've already built.
1: Of course you do. Of course you do. It's so. Let me get this straight. Six months, card flows has been out, and you're on pace for seven figures. And you are you're talking about building your first software product and all that sort of thing. You don't write software. So who do you think you are uh, coming out with software products when well, you don't even write software, uh, Adam? What's the story there?
2: Well, you know, so on my YouTube channel, a lot of the videos will be reviews where I'm really critiquing. And I'm one of those reviewers that says this is really good and this is really bad about something. So I can spot it immediately, uh, improvements that should be made. And I think through that process, I became really good at understanding what someone wants and what someone will benefit from. And so I can spot these market gaps. And with CardFlows, essentially for the listeners, it's a tool that enables you to build funnels on your WordPress-based website. And you can also build sales funnels with all the features that you would expect, which would be order bumps, one-click upsells. Essentially, it helps people make more money.
1: Yeah, so without paying for like an expensive uh, additional tool that bolts onto WordPress, this is a plugin that would operate within WordPress and a little bit more seamlessly, right?
2: yes and it's ends up being a lot more powerful because it's an open platform so one of our one of my favorite customers his name's troy Dean he runs um a whole thing called wP elevation and he uh, he's my favorite customer and he does these live events and he's using our product but he was a click funnels user and he switched because he wanted the ability to do what he wanted it to do where if you're using some kind of a hosted tool they're fantastic but You have to. You can only do what they allow you to to use it for. You can't make it do what you want. Uh, So for event ticket sales, it's been an awesome solution um, for him. So this is this is just
1: seems crazy to me. I think that most people might just feel initially like they can't relate because they may have ideas for things that they would like to do with their WordPress site or that they would love to be able to offer to other people who have WordPress sites because maybe they do WordPress theme design or something like that. And here you are six months in uh, with a seven figure business and you don't do software development at all or anything like that. When you go back in time, maybe even pre WP crafter days or when, you know, you were just kind of getting going with some of this stuff and you had the the, uh, regular day job and all that sort of thing. Did you envision working for yourself? Did you envision launching a product and doing really well with it? What, where did these entrepreneurial seeds get sown to begin with?
2: But actually, if you want to go way back with me, I've always been an, anom- an anomaly in my family. I've always been very naturally entrepreneurial. Uh, so uh, I have had a couple jobs in my life, but it's been pretty much I've never really worked for anyone more than maybe two years total of my life, where it's totally different from my family, right? Mom, career person, dad, career person. My mom had the same job for 40 years or same job from college to retirement. Same job, uh, where I'm totally different. And you know, there's risks that and, and rewards that come with that. I've dealt with the consequences of the risks, and now I'm also enjoying a lot of the rewards that come with that. Um, but what I've, I think one one of the things I've learned through it all is. Yeah, I did not envision myself having software one day. I never really envisioned myself having a YouTube channel uh, where people look to me and and trust me so much with things. You know, I never really envisioned that. Of course, I wanted, you know, to have be that person uh, in past times of my life. Uh, but what I've really discovered is. I think anyone can have whatever they want if they're willing to basically stick with it, right? Put in the effort and stick with it, especially when there's no thank yous, there's no reward, there's no traction, but sticking with it and having a strategy of taking what you're doing and actually making it work.
1: So even at a young age, uh, I think here's proof of that, that people probably don't know about you. From your youngest years, you have sold things, candy, candy. Uh, cell phones, um, uh, mobile accessory stocks. I think real estate you got into at one point in time. If I understand correctly, so it seems like, if nothing else, you understood from a young age how to tap into what problems people have that need to be solved and help them resolve those problems. That made you. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Correct me if I'm wrong on all of this, but it it made you particularly attuned to how to understand where people were not getting their needs their needs met and you could be the person that bailed them out
2: yeah and and well actually so i w- i wanted to share something about my my youtube channel so uh if anyone's watched any of my videos i don't really use this line as much but i did for probably the majority of the videos i say this is wordpress tutorials for non techies and I I didn't start with that phrase, non-techies. I found it because I was looking at it. And, and prior to the YouTube stuff, uh, one of the things I used to do, I don't actually have it in my bio, is I did consulting with technology for businesses. So if you need something done or set up, I would go there. Uh, if there was a problem, I would go there and I'd fix it. and And I would always feel obligated to explain what I did. But how do you explain this technical thing that you did to someone that doesn't understand the technical problems. And that's why they hired you. Um, But I would do it anyway. And I think over that, I honed into this craft of being able to explain something in a way that anyone could understand and not feel intimidated by. And then that fill flowed into my YouTube channel where I'm explaining these concepts that anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur today needs to understand, right? How to build a website for themselves and how to sell things and, and how to deliver content and, and all of that. But uh, it's so intimidating for most people. So YouTube is the perfect platform for doing what I was already doing, but to the whole world and making it available to the whole world, which is taking something that could be complicated and explaining it in simple terms and having it make sense. And then people are able to have a breakthrough because of it.
1: All right, there's huge takeaway number one in this episode. Sometimes the best product isn't a product at all. It is making life easier for people. It's taking a product that already exists, simplifying how people use it, teaching them how to use it, and sending them on their way. To bridge those two pieces together, the piece between knowing that people have a pain point that need to be solved and what WP Crafter is all about, is an educational piece, and it's a putting things in plain language piece for people who can't handle things. And it's not from an intelligence standpoint; it's just that's not their expertise, right? Putting things in plain language for people who need things in plain language so that they can solve a problem. They now know how to do a certain thing, evaluate certain software products, what have you, because you put it in plain language for them, not in in tech terms for them, right? That's what ultimately that's what WP Crafters' value proposition is: is how to make sense of getting more out of WordPress if you are not going to get into the code of a WordPress plugin or, you know, creating a theme from scratch or something like that, you just want to make the most use out of it. Here's your guide, your Sherpa in order to do that. Right. That's, that's kind of what your role
2: was. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's not, it's so the funny thing is, as I say for, for non-techies, but I'm like the most super techie guy, but honestly I don't have an interest in digging into some of these details. I just want to take it, uh, make it work and just have it do its thing and a lot of the people on the channel they're very technical but i don't want to spend my mental energy like understanding all the nuts and bolts of it i just want to get this working for me you know and uh so there's uh a a variety of people that are actually on the the channel Uh, i just want something to work and, and be easy to use and enjoy to use. And so that's kind of my goal. I help this stuff make sense for people just so that they can enjoy using it. Um, it's so funny, uh, through it, it, I say this a lot. Uh, so if there's like, say, a new product or service and I'm doing a video or tutorial on it, I always will go to that product owner and I say, you know what, I'm gonna do a way better job explaining what your tool does, how it benefits and, and values someone than you'll ever do. And they, they all agree because they just have these technical ideas and they don't know how to communicate it.
1: So you ultimately end up being the, um, the video-based help documentation for some people's software where they don't have the know-how or the willingness to engage an audience the way that you're willing to and the patience that you have to do that, it sounds like
2: it it it's actually very true it's uh, very true. I help them understand their own product and how it works, and I think that actually all that so that talent and ability um uh, fed into cart flows because so cart flows being a sales funnel tool primarily it's a funnel tool but sales funnel tool one of the challenges when I released the product was I didn't realize, but people don't know what the heck a sales funnel is. It's not common knowledge. I just assumed that people knew what this was. And and actually, there's nothing further from the truth. A very small segment of, of uh, people that are probably the higher performing marketers on the internet actually know what this is. So I had to like go all the way down to, to, to square one and teach people what a funnel is so that they can understand the value of the product. I think that
1: there's some people who understand the idea of selling a product on their website. Maybe it's an ebook or it's something like that. Like they get the idea that I need to have a shopping cart. I need to do this and that. But the idea of putting it in terms of a funnel might be a step beyond the average person's understanding. Even if they feel like they know WordPress really, really well, the, the idea of guiding people in a certain way is is going to be new for some people. So, um, so let's let's hold off on cart flows for just a minute because we're going to get back to the present day and cart flows, but. We said at the beginning, cart flows wouldn't have been possible if it hadn't been for WP Crafter. Was there some kind of day one for WP Crafter where it just suddenly went into existence or was it something that you were tinkering with on the side while you had a day job that you were disenchanted with and were tapping into this desire to educate uh, people on WordPress? How did the, how did WP Crafter to begin with come about?
2: You know, I actually love the origin story of w- WP Crafter. So I, lo- I like to share that. So I was um, kind of semi-retired. I had a business that um, uh, we closed it down around 2011 or so. My son was young. So it's like, let's go into retirement mode. Knowing that I would do something. I mean, I'm not done. I'm too young to be. Yeah, done. I was gonna say your uh, son was too young. You're too young to say you're retired. Yeah. Yeah, to be like semi-retired where you're not really pursuing anything or doing anything. You're staying at home. You're enjoying the time with your kid. Um, and so that's kind of the mode that I was in uh, after closing that business around, it's like 2010, 2011. Uh, and then I uploaded my first video for this YouTube channel. And I just came up with the name WP Crafter. I don't even know why. I just, I, anyways, I ended up rolling with it. And I think that was in 2000. March of 2014. Yeah, March of 2014. Okay, so let me go back to that. And you know how it started was, there's this really cool thing called YouTube. I like technical things. So I like the camera and I like to make the videos. Uh, I, I, or I wanted to make videos. Actually, I had made a couple just random ones over the years. And so it really was me saying, this seems like a neat hobby. Let me put these up as a hobby. And if you look at all my early videos, there's like no call to action. I wasn't saying, hey, subscribe or buy this or anything. It was just me making a video on how to do something. Uh, But I always put some effort into the quality, meaning the video screen was recorded perfectly. The audio was decent enough. It's gotten better over the years. And so I put a few videos up and then it was 2015, the summer of 2015, I was in Las Vegas with my family. And I pull out my phone and I'm like, I clicked on the YouTube app, the YouTube studio app, let you know how your stuff's doing. And I had forgotten all about the videos. I just put up a couple. I never looked at views ever. I never looked at any kind of statistics. And I remember I pulled it up and I'm there with my wife and I was like, oh my gosh, Um, 800 people watched my videos this month. Now that's a low number. But to me in the moment, I was like, whoa, there might be something here. Cause I did nothing to get this. All I did was upload and I forgot. I didn't do a great job on a thumbnail, a title. It was just, I did that. And I looked at my wife and my wife's like, yeah, there might be something here. And I said, you know what, honey, I think I'm going to focus on this. I didn't even log in to see how much money I made. Uh, I, I, it was just all, you know, Try, try,
1: like, I feel like it was gonna be gravy. Like, yeah, the family, if I make a few bucks doing it, all the better. But it's kind of fun for me. I'll just get used to doing this, and and we'll see where it goes. But you weren't really worried about, do I monitor What did this video produce for me? You know, what do the what do affiliate links produce for me on that? You weren't really focused on that. Sounds like at first.
2: At all. And and when I looked, there was like I think a couple thousand dollars had been made too. So not only was there a consistent flow, uh, it was either eight hundred subscribers or eight hundred views. I, I think it was eight hundred views for the month, um, and there was subscribers off of doing nothing. And then I looked and I I realized I'd made a few thousand dollars, and I didn't intend on doing that either because uh, it wasn't about any of that. And in that moment, it was like, hey, let's maybe put a little bit more effort into this. So I think that is kind of when the shift occurred. What did your wife say when you said to her,
1: this is what I'm going to do? You weren't, you weren't shutting down a day job or something like that, but you were saying this is what's going to consume my time. Now. Was she just instantly on board or did she have a different take on things?
2: Well, see, I've been fortunate in, uh, I've been married nearly 20 years and I've always been entrepreneurial. So uh, when we were getting going to get married, I had to tell my wife, I said, I'm not the typical guy that is going to be going to a nine to five job and all that. Uh, so we might have feast and we might have famine and this is just how it's going to be. And she, I'm very fortunate that my wife is not materialistic in the slightest bit and she has supported me over and over and over every success every failure she's always supported me through it and uh, all the success I've ever received um while being married to my wife definitely goes to her uh, because of that so she to answer your question she was immediately on board she's like go for it you know and now my son's the same way. He's like super encouraging about anything I want to try or do. So um, uh, when we talk about card flows, I'll have to tell you this story of uh, defeat and how my family supported me through that. Um, but uh, yeah, so she's very supportive, been very fortunate.
1: Oh my gosh. It was so uh, noted uh, talking about defeat with card flows since it's only existed for six months and most people would would uh, would die for the revenue numbers that you've had with that product after six months. But I'm gonna withhold the temptation to fast forward to, to uh, card flows just yet, and stick with WP Crafter for just a, another minute here. So you you're just throwing some videos up there. You're getting a, uh, some affiliate links from it and some views from it. When did it click with you that that you need to start treating this in a in a really disciplined, orderly way, where you're branding it in a certain way? Because if somebody goes to your channel, they'll see how perfectly you've branded. Every single video for a long time, let alone the consistency uh, with which you put out videos and the consistency of the length and so forth. But just when did you when did it click with you that if I'm going to do something with this in a big way, I got to systematize this just a little bit more.
2: Yeah, well, actually, there's been several moments of epiphany with a WP Crafter. So at that conversation, at that pool, at the Red Rock, that's when I decided, OK, I'm going to focus on this. Uh, You know, my son's getting older, he's now in school, he's in elementary school, so he's gone. Uh, So there's no, there's an opening of free time. That's when I decided that I should be a bit serious. But really, and this might shock a lot of people, it wasn't till last year that I looked at things and I realized I, I've been growing it wrong. Uh, I need to have help. I need to offload certain tasks. I need to get a graphic designer that's designing things for me, and I need to start putting money back into my business. Not being, uh, not trying to do it all myself because then you burn out uh, because you're doing way too much. and And I think, I think if I would have gotten that lesson maybe a year sooner, I would even be further along than I than I am. But there does come a point where you have to learn. Uh, what roles you need to fill and what you're doing. And then you have to learn how to find those people. But then you have to learn how to manage those people. I'm still going through that process right now. uh, But uh, right now I have two people uh, that are full-time. But prior to maybe six months ago, I didn't have anyone full-time. Actually, no, it's uh, been uh, almost a year now, sorry. And it's good because when I started networking with people and building relationships, that's when I'm getting a a better peek into what I should be doing myself.
1: And yet, there's a lot of examples that people could pattern things after from a YouTube uh, standpoint to to make a business out of YouTube. There's not really a, a template for it though. So how did you, for those first two years, how did you navigate that period of time? Like it, it, it might have stood out to you that I'm going to eventually need to have somebody do this for me or do that for me. Did you just feel like I'm just going to plow through this and, and keep producing videos and, uh, and building an audience and so forth and bootstrap it and you know solopreneur it, so to speak? How did you work through those first two or three years before you really treated it a little bit more um, disciplined and treated it a little bit more uh, like, a, like an enterprise?
2: Yeah, you know, it it really was just, I've got to get this done. And if I'm working, I'm not a workaholic. Uh, When you work at home, you know, you could be chilling out on the couch with the laptop on your lap and you're you're working hard. Um, But you're still there with your family, you're still interacting with them. That is really what it was. But I think when the shift happened for me, so I have a partner in CardFlows, his name is Sujay. And Sujay is very good at building a business, building an enterprise. And in fact, when we, um, we were having a conversation last year, and he it lives in India, and he flew out here, and I, I had him for a couple days with me. He literally left his business for a month. And nothing didn't get not get done because he's built a business where he can leave his business for a month. And we're sitting there and I was telling him, I said, you know, I got to, uh, I'm a little behind on some support tickets because I have a ticket desk and there's always support tickets and all that. And he's like, You got to buy your time back. You know, you should not be doing that. You have to hire someone to do it for you so that you're essentially, you make all this money. Why don't you spend a little bit of it to buy your time back? And that's how he views it. I'm buying my time back. And that that really clicked with me. I really need to buy my time back and identify these these things where I can just have someone else do it. Probably do a better job.
1: And therein lies the difference. You knew I was going to jump in on this, right? Therein lies the difference between the person who scales things to be bigger than themselves and the person who kicks the can down the road for years and years. Your time has a value and respecting that and honoring that and making sure you covet that is an important part of scaling to something beyond yourself. Did you feel like, but did you go into WP Crafter just feeling like, I, I don't need this to go beyond myself. I want to do this and enjoy it. And if I make some money, great. You weren't thinking about scaling it at first. It, that just was sort of thrust upon you. Is that how it how it sort of played out?
2: Yeah, exactly. Because I, I'm passionate about WP Crafter. And so when you're passionate about something and there it's working, like what you're doing to, is actually producing a result, you just want to see that number go up because we're all kind of. You know, I wanna see how far this thing can go. I wanna see how large the subscriber base can go. Actually, if I was to like side note it, because it's WP Crafter's primarily a YouTube channel, and there is this pressure. <laughs> there's a pressure on YouTubers because part of the YouTube algorithm wants you to consistently upload content. And so there is a real, genuine, forced on us pressure that we have to do that in order to stay relevant and to stay being suggested. And then there is a bit of truth to that. So I guess like on the side, there's, even though, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't, you don't have a boss. Well, you kind of do if the main activity of driving your business is YouTube, you, you, you got to do it or you lose it.
1: It feels by the way, a a lot like people who have started blogs through the years and have uh, the pressure they have felt to produce content on a regular basis for uh search purposes primary for al- algorithm purposes that they have felt like if i don't have fresh content that's that's hyper focused in terms of uh, not just user experience but also in terms of uh even just the uh the the crawl you know the google crawler the, the, if they don't do that there's a pressure they feel that they're going to fall behind it sounds like it's the exact same world uh in youtube maybe not surprisingly
2: it, it's the the exact same and you also naturally um if you are I never like using the word influencer, but people have used that word on me and that's okay. Uh, but you have to stay relevant, you know what I mean? So if a main driver of your business is your face and you interacting, you have to stay relevant. And so you kind of have to continue uh, uh, creating this content, but I'll be honest, I really enjoy doing it. I mean, I, I really enjoy clicking on record and you can tell in a video when I'm in my element, I'm like, you know, really doing stuff. I don't, so Anyways, one of the things I learned very on to be able to do all this, and this kind of goes in with this line, uh, the the question is, I I realized I need to learn how to make my videos with uh, minimal effort. <laughs> I don't want to sound like uh, like a jerk there, but I I have to do it with minimal effort. So. I realized I can't work off a script. I just have to learn how to click record and just do it all in one take. I have to learn how to do that. And of course, over time, you learn little tricks to edit faster and to improve the speed of your workflow. I have a whole whole bunch of tricks with that. Um, I have a ton of tricks with that. So you implement all these things, but at a certain point, you can still only do so much. So we could have
1: a, a, an entire conversation just about building a YouTube audience, a subscriber base and all of that sort of thing and I think it'll we would do it at the detriment of not being able to talk about how you felt like cart flows should exist because it's been uh it's been incredible the ride that it's that you've been on with it for just the last 6 months or so and I wa- I do want to talk about that as well. This is the choice I'm making audience. I'm very sorry. We could have gone down two paths and we're going down the card flows path. But to give them a nugget on the YouTube side and the WP Crafter side, if you kind of had to summarize these first let's call it four or so years of your time in building YouTube videos to not only develop an audience, but to an engaged audience, but to also uh, motivate them to take advantage of affiliate links and your own products, courses that reel people in, in funnel manner. Um, what, what would be sort of a summary of the, the top three lessons you've learned as far as building a presence on YouTube and monetizing that presence?
2: Yeah, well. I'm going to give some great advice to anyone that wants to do something similar to what i've been doing and that's kind of like the question is will lead to someone giving some advice from lessons learned
0: have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone sometimes you need a full-fledged team other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at whatever your reason for hiring we recommend you take a look at linkedin jobs Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro That's H Y D R O W dot com and promo code freelance to save $400. HYDRO.com, promo code freelance, or just click the link in our show description.
2: You know, I'm going to give some great advice to anyone that wants to do something similar to what I've been doing. And that's kind of like the question is will lead to someone giving some advice from lessons learned. Uh, number one, something I clued in on very early. Uh, And I think it's been the secret of my success is a willingness to put my face on every single thing I do. So if you look at my first three or four videos, my face wasn't in it. And if you look at all the rest of the videos, which is like the other five or 600, my face is in every single video. And I put my face on it. If you look at my YouTube thumbnails, my face is on it because people deep down all seek well, 99.9% of us are are seeking connection. All of the advice that I would give is around giving people that connection to you. Uh, number two is when you are putting your face on things, especially in a YouTube type of scenario, people leave comments. Just take the time to give back in that way of responding to someone's questions and comments and there's nothing in it for you. <laughs> I mean, there's there, there genuinely is nothing in it for you other than you being giving of yourself and of your time. And 99% of the time, it's thankless. Uh, but that over time, like I might respond to 100 people, but one person that I respond to might Take that and feel lo- a loyalty and become one of your true followers that will follow you with whatever you do because you're selflessly giving. And so out of that connection, it's no question if I say, hey, I'm talking about this product that doesn't cost you anything and here's the link. Uh, would you click on it and support me and what I do here? It's just, it's just no question. I have people saying, Hey, I want to buy this. Do you have a link for it? Hey, I'm going to do this. Do you have a link for it? Uh, Because they, they feel like they want to give back to me.
1: And then there was a third. I think you were going to throw in a third there.
2: Oh yeah. Gee. I always say the wrong. This is funny. My videos too that I make. I'm I'm constantly using the wrong words. You know. I'm no. Maybe I put there.
1: you. I think I put you on the spot to give me your top three no, tips. No, it's
2: okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like I think like 43 or 44 or something like that. I don't even know because I'm 43 or 44. You know, it's like you say the wrong word. You say the wrong phrase. I call the product the wrong product all the time. I, I was making a, a a video about this product. It was called Hey. Summit, but I kept calling it Hello Summit. And uh, I watched my video. And I'm like, oh man, I called it the wrong thing the whole time. So I put a little bit of text and then someone registered that domain name. <laughs> Summit. Anyway.
1: Well, so I want to say that what you've shared in these first two is pretty extraordinary. And I'm going to let you off the hook for that third one because <laughs> I want to get to card flows and respect your time at the same time. So, um, because like I said, I think we could talk for a long time about what you do to build that audience on YouTube. And, and you actually started to hint to what some of my questions would be when it, when it relates to launching cart flows. But since your, your videos have always been focused on how-tos and comparisons and so forth with WordPress products, is that the natural leap that you made to the wheels turning that maybe it's time for you to launch your own WordPress product?
2: Yes, well, you know, I always knew that I would launch a product someday, not always like before I had the the WP Crafter thing, but during the WP Crafter thing, I always knew that I would release a product one day. And um, I knew I would, I'm not a developer, I'm not going to sit there and figure out how to develop something. So I knew I would have to partner with someone. And then I was reading an article about someone who did something similar and he was saying uh with the person he ended up partnering with he spent 2 years getting to know them for some reason that 2 years idea stuck with me and so i met Sujay, who is my partner i met him literally 2 years prior to uh saying hey me me approaching him to to do this product how did you how did you meet Suje yeah so Suje had come out with a product called And this was his, I think, third product at the time. And it was called Ultimate Add ons for Beaver Builder. And I purchased the product. I thought it was great. And before it was released, he had a pre release. And then we started talking. And because I really liked the product and I really liked what they were doing. And uh, so that started us communicating. And then, you know, we ended up talking a lot uh, through Facebook Messenger. He flew out here. In it was 2017. He was going to a conference in Mexico, and he stopped in LA for a day. So we saw each other in person, and that was actually the conversation where I said, "Hey, let's make this product." And he agreed. And uh, I actually have helped him a lot with his products because I'm like the promoter, the tutorial, the trainer guy, and so he came out with products. I was giving him, I was giving him lots of ideas for products that let's just say did really well for him. You know, obviously it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing to implement the idea. So I'm really good with ideas, but I might not be so great in implementing them. He has great ideas and he's amazing at at taking the action and implementing the ideas. So I thought there is no perfect person than him. We got along. uh, We've had a great business relationship, uh, kind of a, a peer mentoring relationship, even though he's a lot younger than me. He's surprisingly younger than me. I think he's like in his twenties still. Yeah. He's just a kid. (laughs) Well, let me,
1: let me ask you this. Did you, were you so committed to the idea for the product that you knew it would see the light of day, even if Sujay turned you down in that meeting?
2: No, I was not. I'm just, I've never been, that's a great question, by the way. Uh, I was not. Actually, if Sujay wasn't interested, I would have waited until another two years to build a relationship with someone else where I could fully trust them. And, uh, you know, we're talking we're in different continents, you know what I mean? And then when you do business, there's banking involved and all that kind of stuff. It could be complicated, you know, when you uh, anyways. Uh, so to answer your question, I probably would have waited another two years, the time to, to build another friendship for two years to see how someone works intimately.
1: That was kind of a stop the presses moment, what Adam just said. He knew there was a product that should exist. Nothing existed like this on the market, and yet he had no interest in building that product with somebody unless it was the partner that he had spent two years developing a relationship with. Incredible. And maybe there's a lesson there for you. That's pretty fascinating. So the ability to work well together and collaborate with one another, maybe even having things like practical things like roles divined and all that sort of thing, uh, let alone trust was more important to you than just getting a product launched. I think that's pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. I, I will see, here's the thing. The risk for me is my, my, my name's on the line. So if I release something and I actually take that same responsibility whenever I recommend or suggest a product, I don't, I, I, I feel personally responsible if someone has a bad experience with anything I recommend. And I would have a way more feeling of responsibility if I released a shoddy product that would be just an embarrassment and really hurt my reputation overall. So that's why this had to be done right. And it's actually crazy because usually if you launch your first thing, you you might want to go with a simple thing, not something as complex as like a like a real true re- replacement for click funnels you know what i mean this is massive e-commerce and all this kind of stuff so right. uh, it had to be executed perfectly and it had to be executed right
1: well you say that and yet you led this conversation off by saying that there's a million things that you didn't do when you launched card flows that you should have done you should have done so so let's talk about that piece so you've got sujay on board and he's wanting to partner with you and you have the vision for what you want to build together in mind what was the timeline like from there? How did you decide as the non software guy, but somebody who knows product well and knows how to, uh, how products should work and what expectations should be and that sort of thing? Let alone you, you're uh, comfortable in the WordPress ecosystem. How did you then go about working together across time zones, across disciplines? You know, your savvy versus his coding ability. Um, what was the timeline like? What did you build and how did you work together?
2: Yeah, so it all originated from a conversation in October of 2017. And so the next steps were to, and, and this is actually a great education for anyone that's thinking of launching a product. So what we did is, well, I did, I purchased every competing product, every SaaS-based, every uh product that you would install maybe in WordPress. There really wasn't, there's maybe like one or two. And I used them all to evaluate what their strengths were and what their weaknesses were so that we could figure out what the heck we're doing because you might have in your mind this great idea of how something should work but it's an idea but then you see a competitor that's doing the same thing and you use it and you realize i actually don't like the way that works uh that actually happened a lot of people want to skip this step but you can't and it takes months it takes months to buy it all use it all find the strengths find the weaknesses and then just figure out what the heck they are doing so once you know what the heck you're doing It's actually really quick to get a product done. You know, it's uh, maybe six months of work figuring out what you're going to do. And then it's like three, three or four months to actually do it.
1: But did you have moments where you felt like others are doing a good enough job to get people to part with their money in order to offer an alternative? Did you have any, you know, any moments where you were, hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute. This started off as a good idea. But there's no way for how much time it's going to have to go into building it the way I want to build it. There's no way I'm going to get enough people to pay me 300 bucks for this that it's going to pay off. Did you have those types of stop the press moments?
2: You know what? I'll tell you, I never did because I looked at everything. You, your options were a SaaS-based solution and they were all $100 to $300 per month. And then on the WordPress side, there was no tool like this. There was a couple tools trying to do something, but they were more maybe like a passion project and not a true business and not executed the way that I wanted this to be executed. So I didn't ever have that doubt that people would buy it. And I knew that if it was done right, people would buy it, people would love it, and it would quickly become the market leader on the WordPress side of things, which is actually what, what happened. Um, so I guess, I guess I, I kept the faith.
1: All right. So the total timeline from, dinner with Sujay to product going live was how much time?
2: Yeah. So that we launched this in November of 2018. So it was just a little over a year. Of course, right after that conversation, we casually were looking at things. We didn't get right to work right away. So it was maybe like that February of 2018 that we really got to work. So the, the tool didn't take so long to build because whenever you launch something, you really should launch it as a minimum viable product, but it needs to be quality, it needs to be good, it needs to be well thought out and easy to use, but it doesn't have to have every single feature yet um, that you would want to add to it, so you, you have to see if the market would be receptive, so We did, we made a decision when we're, before we even started coding it, I said, you know what, let's launch this the Monday before Black Friday, because you're foolish to not have something to sell on Black Friday because everybody's got their wallets open and they're buying stuff. Uh, So that gave us this deadline, this absolute hard deadline. And always, no matter how much time it is until that deadline, always in that last month, it's a scramble because um, you have so many more things than just putting software together. You have to have the infrastructure in place to actually sell it. And then the marketing materials and all that kind of stuff. We um, launched it the Monday before Black Friday. And this I, let me just tell my little story of what, what we did wrong. Uh, so we initially priced, came up with our price and we do think it was worth the price we were asking. We actually sell it for more than the price we were asking. But a lot of the people that um, are on my channel but let's just say we are pushing the limits of what people are used to paying when it comes to something for their WordPress website. Not what they're used to paying for other things, but just WordPress. There's this perception that it should cost this much.
1: Well, and not only that, and that, that their WordPress.org has its own repository with, you know, uh, millions of free plugins to begin with, right? And so that's the default position that maybe some WordPress users have in mind is that there's got to be a free plugin that does some of this, right?
2: Exactly, and so we were up against that. So when we launched it, I didn't. Know, I, I I did kind of like a pre-launch video. I didn't talk about the price, but I talked about what it would do, and I didn't show it. So when we launched it, we decided to launch it. I think the cost was six hundred. We were initially to get as much traction. We wanted to have a lifetime account, where now it's just annual. It's an annual plan. So we launched it. It was six hundred six hundred and ninety nine dollars. People went livid upset at me. They thought, How you are greedy, you are a thief, you are a horrible human being. I mean, they said all this stuff about me, and I'm used to getting, Oh, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate you doing this for me, and all that too. You are the most evil, vile person on planet Earth. You should have seen me that first day. My spirit was crushed. That is a huge.
1: A huge uh, moment, it seems like. You have gone from being the guy who freely gives uh, ideas, um, insight on how to use certain WordPress tools. Your YouTube channel, obviously, like all YouTube channels, is free. And so you're the generous one. And now, all of a sudden, there's a dollar sign in front of something. Who knows? It? You could have gotten this pushback at $199. But you have been the free guy for so long. Free, you know what I mean, by free education, free information. And now that you put a price tag on something, you have put yourself out there from a vulnerability standpoint to now have a different perspective of you. So you're telling me this is a unique moment. I wanted to pause you because I felt like I wanted to get at just how emotionally taxing that was. What? What? How did you feel in that moment? Was it sort of a, oh, what have I done? What have I done? Or was there a patience to you about things?
2: Well, at that moment, I did think, was this a good idea? (laughs) I mean, that's okay. So, you know, when you actually, we should back this up. You asked the question about doubts. I didn't have a doubt until that day, you know, here it is. Here's the price. And my spirit was crushed, like literally so crushed. And so I'm in my office I didn't really get much sleep the night prior because I'm just like making sure everything's ready. And my son's already home from school because it's the the week of Thanksgiving. He doesn't have school. So he's home. My wife is home. They are seeing this happen. We have obviously it's my family. We've talked about it and you have a lot of hopes for the product and you're excited about it. And then this is what happens on day
1: one. With no small lead in, I mean, two years of a relationship being built and what, eight to 10 months of a product being built after you bought the competitive products. This is not, this is not, you know, three weeks of dabbling something and launching a product and and then getting some nasty feedback. This is a fair amount of time that's gone into this.
2: Oh, a lot of time, so much time. I mean, for me, the biggest cost was probably the opportunity cost, right? The time I could have spent on other things I spent on this. It was by far the biggest cost for me but there's a lot of investment in time and, uh, and all that. And so I was, I think that was my lowest moment I can remember myself at in like the longest time. And my family got a front row seat of it. And so they're hurt. My wife is in my Facebook group and all these groups. She can see what people are saying. And, uh, it was so, so hard. And my son later that day, Sent me a text message. I should actually pull it up, but I don't want to slow down this podcast. But he sent me a text message. He's an amazing kid, Daddy. Don't give up on your dream. God put this dream in your heart, <laughs> and you know, and uh, it's going to be a success, and and all this stuff. And we believe. I, I believe in you. All that kind of stuff. That as a dad, you're like, oh, that's like a hit to the gut. My son is right. My son is right. What we ended up doing uh, was listening to why people were saying this. And a lot of people thought that it was priced too high, but that wasn't everybody. That was some people. And the other thing people felt was, this is Black Friday. I do want your product, but I don't. I only got so much money to spend. I don't want to spend it all on yours and not be able to get all these other things. So we listened. And we did something crazy. That next morning, I wake up and and Sujay says... Um, hey, so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna lower the price from six ninety nine to five ninety nine. So it's not a drastic price reduction. We're gonna lower the price, but we're gonna we're gonna make it easy for people to buy card flows. We're gonna do a split pay, and so I thought a split pay. Uh, okay, so we do in two payments. And he's like, no, we're not gonna do two payments. I'm like, okay, maybe three payments. He says no adam we're going to do it in six payments we don't care about the money we're not doing this for the money let's just split it into six payments which is unheard of to do split pays because it's a pain to make sure you get those other payments there's like a lot of manual work involved it's insane no one does it but we did it and the, the tide immediately shifted it immediately shifted when we kind of came down just a little bit on the cost but we said, okay, we're listening to you and you can split pay it. And we, oh, and check this out. Usually when you take a split pay, the total ends up being more than the original amount, right? It's like- Because you finance them, yeah. Yeah, we didn't do that. (laughs) We we didn't do that at all. It was the same price. And so uh, anyways, uh, uh, I'm glad we did that. And uh, it, it was really good, but the tide totally shifted at that point and the sales just kind of, it was like opening up the floodgates to allow people to do the split pay, and the split pay actually worked out fine. I mean, there was some manual work uh, with some failed payments, and you have to follow up with that. Uh, but for the most part, it ended up uh, working out very well for us. But that's my story of um, where it was like a disaster and a very low point, but then it uh, ended up turning around. It was
1: the was so that was that was your wake up call with you when you launched, and you've only been around for six months? So boy, that that pain and that memory is obviously really close for you. But in the six months since, what have been some of the big lessons learned that you, you're you a smart guy and you know WordPress really well, but you've never developed a product, let alone launched one like this anyway. You've launched courses or new videos or whatever, but you've never launched a, a product like this. In those six months, what have you learned about this whole process of launching an, uh, a WordPress dependent product and what are you glad you did in those in these first six months
2: the, this has been a major learning curve for me and i'm at the end of the day i'm glad i got to go through the learning curve just having a product that actually is doing really well is a huge bonus so i think When You you need to get supporters whenever you're going to launch a product. And so these are people that are willing to put their name and vouch for it. And we were very fortunate early on to get some very widely known and recognized names really excited about our product. And they bought it, and they used it, and they were willing to give us testimonials because that helps people make their decision. Uh, Number two, uh, differentiate yourself in some way. So there are similar products. There's one, but we've differentiated ourselves and we've made it so they're going one direction and we're totally going another direction. Um, I think also it's wise to not pigeonhole yourself with your brand. So, we have a broad name, Cart Flows. It can be anything. We don't have XYZ for WooCommerce, even though it uses something called WooCommerce today for the checkout. That might not be that way in the future. But we're not pigeonholed so that we can't do other things. Uh, perfect examples we just launched a Cart abandonment plugin under the Cart Flows brand. So, Cart Flows is going to end up eventually being a, a brand, a broader brand that has multiple e commerce related, funnel related tools that are avail- available underneath the brand name and
1: then kind of inter and they interoperate with one another. They kind of work seamlessly with each other, that sort of thing.
2: Yes. We actually had to do that for the card abandonment, um, and that was my video today for anyone watching. I was showing a screenshot of how I added our card abandonment took five minutes to install and it's free and how it made an extra money with just five minutes of effort. And so, uh, yeah, exactly. We're doing that. We're talking about other things and, you know, we have a, a bigger broad plan for the product and where we'd like it to go. Um, but yeah, so I'll have to listen to your, your customers. Um, one of the things I do so there's a lot of entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs I think that listen to this show. One thing I learned the hard way two years ago, but you know when you learn lessons through mistakes, but and you don't repeat that. The very first thing I did with Cardflows when we came up with the name was trademark. Immediately file my trademark. We you know and. It doesn't have to cost that much. A trademark filing is like a thousand bucks, right? If you get go through an attorney. That was the first thing I did. I ran into all so many trademark problems with WP Crafter, and it almost shut the whole operation down. It was a very low point for me, uh, but I uh, worked my way through it. Trademark day one, and it saves your butt on so many things. It it just yeah. saves, and it shows a commitment to your your product and service if you're willing to just pay for a yep. second trademark.
1: Yep. All right well, it's twenty nineteen we're recording this card flows is six months got a a lifespan of six months w p crafter has a lifespan of four to five years in that range and card flows has to be demanding a good amount of your time and yet when I look at through scroll through your videos in w, at w p crafter on your channel uh two days ago six days ago six days ago, one week ago one week ago one week ago i mean you you're constantly publishing content there despite having a brand new product that's doing extremely well that naturally comes with support requests. So my question is, how do the next 6 to 12 to 18 months look for you personally as far as how you decide to use your time? And where do you see that you're going to need to be a different kind of leader or founder now that WP Crafter keeps, keeps doing what it's doing? But CartFlows is blowing up. How is that going to change what you're how you contribute to what you know cart flows becomes in the uh in the months and years to come?
2: I think uh what anyone should do is know what their strengths are, where the highest return on their time is, and know where the lowest return of their time. So for me, the highest return on my time is community-building activities through. Content marketing through making video content and interacting with people. That's the highest uh, value way to spend my time. And so, what I'm in a constant process of is everything else, just find the right people to do it for you. And if you hire the wrong person, get rid of them and get the right person and keep trying and don't give up on the process. Find the right people. And that's the, really the way for you to maximize your time. And I know this about me I'm not a good content writer. So hire a content writer. I'm not a copywriter. Hire a copywriter. I'm not good at a lot of things. So stop doing those things, hire someone to do them. If you have the resources to be able to do that and just focus on your highest value activities. And that is my guiding principle. And so I obviously when you start something new, you wear every hat that needs to be worn. You're just putting the hat on and taking the hat off. Uh, I jump into our support desk. I don't need to. We have a whole support staff, but I do. I got to stop doing that. You know, uh, things like that, Uh, really just shaving away all the layers.
1: It sounds like you see that your role is going to have to evolve from being an integral part of every aspect of the business to being an integral part of every aspect of what will move the needle the most within the business. But keeping a finger on the pulse of how the business is doing in a, in a minute way, like you, there's still little details that you're going to you, you'll, you'll care about because your name is on it. And W.P. Crafter is Adam Priser as well. But there are certain tasks that you have come to grips with that you don't need to be con- control freak and own because somebody else can do as well, if not better a job than you. So you can focus on other things
2: when you start out your business you just don't have the resources usually it's all bootstrapped you don't have the financial resources to hire everything out and you sh- nor should you you should you know but you should recognize when the time comes that you can start doing that and start doing that as early as possible i didn't do it early enough in wp crafter that's okay we all make mistakes and we learn it i'm not repeating that with uh, card flows uh, card flows we have developers we have support we have every role pretty much covered. um, And we're hiring content writers, we're doing all that kind of stuff. What I enjoy doing what gives me the most joy in life is hitting record, making a video and talking to people. And that just so happens to be the activities that will make the most money. And so uh, yeah, so that's, that's some of the things that I have definitely learned. So I was actually, listeners didn't get to hear this, but when I was talking with Brendan at the beginning of this, uh, this uh, podcast interview before I hit record, I was telling him how summer just started today. My 13-year-old is at home during summer. So I have a desk right off to the left, and it's got a Mac on it, and he's going to spend five hours per day, Monday through Friday, right there, learning how I do my business so that he could do parts of it. So he's going to learn how to do my video editing. It's not that hard. It takes time. He's gonna do it. You know, uh, other things like that. He's gonna do it. And I think it's so good to get your kids involved in it, and uh, it's cheap labor.
1: That's the final little bow on the <laughs> on the wrapped around the gift is that it's it's free labor or cheap labor anyway. <laughs> cheap. Adam, thank you so much for joining and telling your story. I'm I'm pumped not only from the moment I saw Cartflows launch, but um, I've watched the journey of WP Crafter now for a couple of years, and and it's kind of cool to see how the brand has gone from. I mean, you can even see in the thumbnails how the brand has evolved on YouTube. Uh, and it's gotten more, I don't even say more polished. It's gotten more, much more vibrant and much more bigger than Adam, even though you're the face of the company. So I, I'm rooting for you. I'm excited about what you're doing. And and again, thanks for joining me today.
2: Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, its uh, I'm glad we finally did this. Uh, if you want me to get back on, just ask.
1: That was the story and my interview with Adam Prizer of WP Crafter and Cart Flows. Coming up next week, we've got another great founder story with Will Hatton of thebrokebackpacker.com. Do you think living in Pakistan or Iran sound exotic? Lucrative, maybe? No? Well, you'll have to tune in to this episode to discover what an extraordinary machine Will has built. All right. Thank you to my co-producer, Preston Lee, founder of Mello and admin of the Milo Mastermind community on Facebook, as well as our incredible assistant, Bilal Ibrar, for helping out with this episode. We are a proud member of the Podglomerate Network as well, which features other shows like Rocket Ship, The Feast, Two Girls in One podcast, and numerous other great ones. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch me on Twitter at Brandon Hall, if you like. And feel free to drop your rating or review on whichever podcast platform you prefer. We'll catch you next week on Freelance to Founder. The Pod Podglamour. A sonic universe.